Hi. Oh, I can't hear you. No. I can't hear you at all. Hello. How about now? Hi. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> now, what did I hear? I couldn't hear what you said. Something about twenty-seven thousand seconds or something. No, it just said I arrived with twenty-seven seconds to spare. She said wow. your show would start in twenty-seven seconds. And you're like, oh, I've got time to have a spot of tea. What exactly is a spot of tea? Well, it's enough to cover this cover your spot. You know, you got a spot that's <laughs> available in your in your storage oh, area. So there. instead of so, so it's like the British. It's not. It's not. It's not about the amount. It yeah. No, it's covering covering a hole in your internal workings. I see. That's the spot. Not covering the so bottom you, of the cup or anything like that. The spot is right. Is yeah. So like you would say your compartment, like your pie compartment or your well whatever yeah. Okay, but the British are say your it, cheese fondue spot. compartment. <laughs> I don't know that I have a cheese fondue compartment. Let's see. Um. I don't know. I mean, what we can certainly talk about the two out of, you know, the the pathetic games that they played last week, albeit save for the home finale. Um, but I also forgot the whole stupidity with Samuel Oud and Caden Primo coming and going and yeah. all that BS as well. I'm sitting there, I'm like, I know there was something else last Wednesday that got me fired up before the game, and I had to go back. And I, ah, that's right. That's whole, the whole, oh, Samuel Oud's going back. Oh, Caden Primo's going back. And what's the point of you being here? Um, All right. It's fine. Um, did you have a chance to? I told you most of it in the car, but did you have a chance to peek at the rest of the agenda? Looks okay. Uh, yeah, it looks fine. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty then. Um, all right. Well, 
Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Have a good show. You too. episode of From the Press Box, right here at the AHL Report. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, my name is Amy Johnson, your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host. Couldn't do this show without him. Uh, he's the one and only, the founder of Rocket Sports Media and our editor-in-chief du jour, uh, Mr. Rick Stevens. Welcome. Happy mid-April to you. Mid mid April. Oh, well, um, yeah, it doesn't seem that way for anybody who's tuning in from the um, Montreal area, Quebec, um, Southern Ontario, no. Southeastern Ontario. Uh, no, it was um, it was seventy eight <laughs> here yesterday. Degrees, pardon me. It was seventy eight degrees Fahrenheit here yesterday. Oh my! In Pennsylvania. Well, um, the, the shovels haven't been put away, and um, those Come who have on. taken off their winter tires are regretting it in the Montreal area. Come on. Mm-hmm. Really? This is why I live in Pennsylvania. Ottawa, there was, there was a tweet from the weather folks in Ottawa. Something They set a re- record for the most consecutive days with snow on the ground with, with at least an inch of snow on the ground this year. And it's, I, I forget the number, wow. but it's a lot, of, it's a lot of them. Um, 145 days, something like that, uh, where there's been snow on the ground in Ottawa. Yes. Still, still uh, chilly in the great white North. We have flowers blooming here. The trees are starting to bud and bloom. Mulch is going down in the garden beds around the landscaping people. And ain't no winter down here. Mm. The only winter that's coming down here is the Game of Thrones preview. So, or premiere. Wow. So, yeah. When does that, when does that go? Uh, this weekend, I think. Hmm. Winter this is weekend. coming or winter is here? Oh, I guess winter is here now. Yeah, winter was coming. Winter is coming was last season. Last. Yeah, well, last the season. last eight thousand seasons, but now it's here. Now it's here. But this is an exciting week. Uh, the NHL playoffs begin tonight. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin tonight. It's Masters Week. Anyone who knows me knows that I live for Masters Week, um, so I'm excited about that. We'll see how Tiger does this weekend. My Phillies are doing really well. They're at the top of the NL East. It's going all right. Um, there was curling. Right. There's curling about a week ago. <laughs> World <laughs> Curling Championships were. Yeah. How'd that go? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Too much <laughs> hockey stuff. I was on the road. I don't know. I saw a spectacular shot that that uh, the Canadians made, um, but I think that was all the curling news. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not your curling source. I'm sorry. All right. All right. 
But and their uh, source for the national day calendar, though. Oh. And it oh, is yes. National Farm Animals Day. Farm Animals Day. I saw some cows favorite, today. What's your favorite farm animal? My favorite farm animal? Oh, that's mm-hmm. hard. I'm from farm country, so this is hard. Um, oh, goodness. I would have to say horses don't count, right? We're talking like farm farm animals, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. It's like Manitoba's have... not really in the West, so horses are not really, it's kind right, of that okay. thing. Because I used to have horses, but I don't consider them farm animals per se. So, okay. So my favorite farm animal would have to be um, probably I think goat. a pole's coming. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yes, Your it is. pie pole was like. We're going to talk about my thing. pie pole in a second. Oh, really? I know. I have to be we careful are. how I say that. Yes, you do. Yes, you, do. <laughs> you shut your pie pole. <laughs> um, my favorite farm animal, I would have to say, this is hard. I would have to say goats. And there's like, I'm t- there's, there's going to be like a three-way tie here between goats, particularly baby goats. They're adorable. Uh, cows are like the best animals in the world they're so like snuggly and cute and friendly you wouldn't believe it until you knew a cow but <laughs> they are um and sheep i used to have sheep and they are quite fun so those are my three favorites so no pigs oh i do love pigs especially piglets little baby pigs they're very cute mm. i don't like chickens i cannot stand chickens because I, I don't used to like have chickens to go either. duck down in the chicken coop and go in and get the eggs and they're flapping around and making noise. I hated that I and yeah, I just no to chickens. No to chickens. I I can understand that. So it's Although National Farm wait, Animal Day. I cannot wait until Chick Fil A comes <laughs> to Canada. It's a whole different. Thing. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. You're just talking about eating the chickens now. Yeah. Notice I didn't say that the adorable, friendly, snuggly cows make great steaks and hamburgers, and I didn't say the adorable piglets make fantastic bacon. You're always the one that that is is on a food thing, so that's why I uh, what, I, I, <laughs> I had to mention that tomorrow is National Cheese Fondue Day for you. You know. I do like a good fondue once in a while, but I don't like go out of my way for it. There's a fondue place in the next town over from me, and I can't remember the last time I was there. Although, although I will say that there is a, a British restaurant that my husband and I like to go to that has a delicious kind of like it's it's like British cheese fondue because it's made at like the cheese sauce is like pub cheese it's like a beer okay. and cheese like an ale and cheese yeah. oh, oh so good so so good <laughs> okay now i want that we're gonna have to so didn't, what, didn't you say you're gonna have snacks this week for for the podcast oh crap i was i was and today has just been 
a little bit of a whirlwind. So um, I have a nice glass of water here. Darn it. Well, that'll have to carry you through. It will. It will. But I, um, so we had farm animal day, cheese fondue. Are there any other national days or are we, is that the crux of it? Uh, Unless you're into grilled cheese, uh, that's Friday. Grilled cheese sandwich Oh, I like grilled cheese. I like grilled cheese. And peach cobbler on Saturday. <gasps> oh, I love peach. I just had a good cherry cobbler last last weekend. But I like peach cobbler. Hmm. Okay, now I'm hungry. And this will make you hungry. The pie poll, as you mentioned, was a, an astounding success last week. Uh, we had tons of votes. Lots of cherry. And I... Here's the, <laughs> there were, there, there were, there were, a, there was like this sudden run on cherry, like right oh, yeah. in the middle of the evening. Yeah. Huh. Like suddenly the cherry numbers just went like through the roof. Well, as you, mysterious. That's, I don't find that hard to believe at all. <laughs> Here's what I find hard to believe. And I really think that our, our, my colleague and teammate, dear Joseph Whalen, I think you rigged this damn thing somehow. <laughs> Joe, I think Joe rigged it because like things were pretty even. Then Joe gets on Twitter and he says, you know, I don't like to stir up any kind of contention for like silly things and polls that don't mean anything. But if you choose anything other than Apple, you're just wrong. (laughs) And I'm like, Joseph. You're not like, he's not even American. You know, American is apple pie. And he's saying anything else but apple is wrong. And from that point forward, apple was in the lead for the remainder of the poll and won it. 32% apple. 29% lemon meringue. What? 21% cherry. Yeah. And 18% blueberry. We had some great write-ins. We had uh, some pumpkin pie, some pecan pie, a yeah. couple of yeah. key lime pies. Oh, yeah, key lime. Um, yeah, key lime. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had some strawberry rhubarb pie. Um, our teammate Blaine Potvan uh, mentioned that uh, he needed some of his grandmother's raisin pie. Um, Ooh, that's sweet stuff. He yeah, he said it's meant to be shared. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, got some really good responses, but I'm telling you Joe Whalen rigged rigged it for Apple. There's an Apple conspiracy and it's coming from Newfoundland. Uh, and I'm gonna be investigating that further. So the pencil today, poll was pretty good. The pie poll was an, an avalanche of response. I, it, absolutely. What, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with yeah with farm animals. Okay. Obviously. Well, and I didn't get around to the what's your favorite jelly on your peanut butter and jelly last week. So maybe I'll do two two polls this week. And we'll see how they work out. Farm animals and peanut butter and jelly. I mean, you know, those things go together, don't they? No. <laughs> well, you know, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. 
You know what's not working? The LaBelle rocket. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. And, I, and shame on me because uh, they had a, an outstanding win on Saturday. I'm going to start with the good news. They had an outstanding win on Saturday. It was their last home game of the season. They packed the place. They had uh, over 8,600 people uh, in Place Bell, which is almost at capacity. Um, and playing against a Hershey Bears team that was still trying to clinch a playoff spot and who has been on quite a hot streak um, ever since uh, New Year's, uh, they resoundingly, uh, with four goals in the in the third period, beat Hershey five to two. So I should not say I, I should slap me on the back of the hand. I I can't be too mean to the Laval Rocket because they had they did play a good game on Saturday, but the two games before that. Cleveland came to town, uh, and um, you remember how, Rick, last weekend they got shut out in Toronto to end that road trip? And then they yeah. come back. Yeah, and then they came back, and they were like, okay, well, the Cleveland Monsters are coming to town, so let's see what we can do. And, um, well, they got shut out again. Five to nothing. And then they lost three to two to Cleveland on Friday. Um, so not so good. The the loss on Wednesday, the shutout loss on Wednesday officially eliminated Lavelle from the from any kind of playoff contention. So we are officially in the final week of the Laval Rockets 2018-19 hockey season. They have three games left to play in their season. Uh, they will not be going any further than that. Uh, they've suffered a ton of injuries in the last week or so. Um, so there's a number of players whose uh, additional players whose season is now finished. Um, and we'll go, we'll go through that a little bit too. Um, but I guess let's, let's go back. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit of Rick about that five to nothing shutout on Wednesday. Um, it was it was pretty ugly, if I do say so myself. Um, and and kind of yeah. a common theme throughout the last uh, little bit, particularly that stretch where um, they didn't score uh, an even strength goal for uh, more than four games, um, mm-hmm. and and the common commonality was kind of. Uh, the the single digit um, shots on goal per period, uh, they were just they were. It's not that they weren't generating goals; they weren't generating anything. They weren't gen- generating any no. kind of uh, offense, scoring chances, uh, anything at all. Not not in the least. And I mean, you know, okay, one goal against in the first period um, by uh, newcomer rookie Alex Tex, uh, Alexander Texier. Um, but then Cleveland racked up two more goals in the second and two more goals in the third. I should mention, you know, we talked about this last week, how, um, it was a little bit of a head scratcher that in, in the previous week, Connor LaCouve started, uh, after Charlie Lindgren was called up, um, Connor LaCouve started two of three games the previous week. 
including that shutout loss in Toronto that Saturday. And we, we, we you know, go back, if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen to that because Rick and I spend a, a good amount of time talking about how um, we're not quite sure about what's going on with that decision-making, not starting your actual prospect goaltender, the, the guy who's supposed to probably take take over the net next season. Um, so, okay, they, they, they had lost a number of games the week prior. They got shut out in Toronto. They come home. They're playing Cleveland. And Connor Lacouve was back in the net again. In fact, he played again last week two out of the three games. So in the last six games, Connor Lacouve has started four times and McNiven has started twice. Um, and of those, I think they've both only won once. Um, Goldton and, and frankly, Rick, I know you and I spoke about this. Um, Connor Lacouve has had, as we've said before, has had a great story and he's had some, some games that he has had some highlight real moments and things like that. Wednesday was not one of those nights. Um, Mr. Lacrave looked quite shaky in the, in the crease. Listen, uh, let's be frank here. And, and um, he's, he's a nice guy, good personality. um, Certainly loves to play hockey. Just, just not a very good quality AHL goaltender. He's a, He's a mediocre goaltender, um, and we know that he sta- started out third on the depth chart uh, in the ECL, ECHL um, at the beginning of the season, um, and and so he's uh, you know his his personality um, is is been something um, that that Joe Bouchard has enjoyed. And he, he said he'd love to have him in, you know, his beer league. Um, and, and, and maybe, you know, that's fine. And I, I don't, I don't want to criticize him, um, uh, you know, unfairly, uh, but, uh, but also the, the things that the kind of light that he's been putting, put in um, is, is kind of silly. He's, He's a, you know, a middling uh, ECHL goaltender. Um, Cleveland's not a team that, that uh, is, is uh, you know, an, an offensive powerhouse in the AHL. They're kind of middle of the road. Um, they made him look silly. He, he's, his technique um, just isn't, isn't there. You know, we, we saw him all over the place. He, he um, wasn't able to, uh, uh, fight through screens. He wasn't able to track the puck very well. There was one save he made completely turned around out of his crease and backwards. And it, it hit him in the backside. And, and um, so he's, and been, he didn't know where been, it was. Yeah. No, he had no idea. He's been, he's been fortunate. He's having fun. He's a good kid. And, um, but you know, he, he, he belongs in the ECHL. Um, and on the other side, when, you know, in those, those two games against Cleveland, you have 36 shots, not in one game, in both games. So uh, in six periods, um, 36 shots, the, the Rocket are averaging Laval, six shots. Yeah. The Rocket are averaging six shots per period. Six shots, uh, not six not scoring chances, games. six weak um, from the perimeter kind of shots. And, and um, so it's, it's, 
you know, we, we know where, where the, the issues are with this team. They're, they're, they're clear. They've been clear all season long. And uh, anybody who's been paying attention knows what they are. Uh, and it, it is the choices that were made, the, the, the choices that were made in the offense that's been put together. Just, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a quality offense. No, it's not. And in fact, if you go back to the shutout in Toronto, the shutout against Cleveland and the, and then the game they played against Cleveland Friday night that they lost, um, that's two goals in nine periods of hockey. Um, that's just not going to cut it. That's not going to, that's not going to win games for you. Um, and as you say, yeah, shots on shots on goal, um, not above single digit shots per period, uh, in either of the games against Cleveland, just really, really bad. Um, so you're not creating offense. In fact, and in one of those games, uh, Bouchard uh, chose to go. In fact, I think it was that Wednesday night game. Bouchard chose to go uh, seven defensemen that night. And then Jake Evans got hurt early in the second period. And so he was gone for the rest of the game. Um, so, okay, there's, there's an issue there, but, but still your forwards aren't, aren't generating any kind of offense whatsoever. Your goaltender uh, looks shaky in the net uh, and you're def- you, so you've got seven defenders on the ice. They're doing everything they can, but there's only so much they can do. Um, and and my my friend Chris G was at uh, Plus Bell that night and and spoke with Joel Bouchard after the game and asked, you know, hey, what what do you think was the problem tonight? You might be a little surprised at the answer he got. I think our defensemen were not good enough. I think they were a solid group. Their experience, they were not good. I thought our forward really battled hard. I thought they did whatever they, they could do. We went down from uh, 11 forward to 10 forward quick, and uh, they got to be better than that. They're a better group than that. They've been better all year, and mm-hmm. you know what? That's why we give so many shots, and uh, I'm not against them, but uh, we need, we're going to put it on them to be better. So apparently the defense was the reason that they lost game and didn't score any goals. Does it's, that make any sense? It's not true. No, it doesn't. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's obviously not true. Um, he, he, whatever ax he has to grind, that's fine. And he can yell at people for no reason. That's fine. Um, but it, it just simply isn't true. The problem is then he, uh, in the next question, he doubled down on that. Doubled down on my forwards battled hard, and the defense needs to be better. How how did he do that? Take a listen to this. You have to look at experience, mileage, and, and potential too. The reality is that the guy fought hard tonight. They did up front. I thought our defenseman made mistake. I don't think it's a lack of caring, uh, but I just think it put us in a lot of trouble. And they have to be better. So if they're better, we give less goal, and we have more offense. We spend more time in the ozone. Uh, if you look at the way our forward worked tonight, and we still had a few scoring chances, and, and, and they're tired, and we, like I said, we went from 11 to 10 forward quick. At one point, I had 9 forward. I had to put forward on uh, the men on forward. So they're going to have to straight them play defensemen. We're with them. It's one game. I mean, they've been solid all year. They've been bringing us uh, um, 
good games, but uh, we need them to be better than that. It's unacceptable for me. I played the position. They're not going to fool me. That was a bad game from the defenseman. I was apoplectic after listening to this interview. Um, we need to score less, get scored on less so that we don't spend so much time in the defensive zone to give our offense a chance to pressure in the O zone and score goals. Well, listen, that's, you know, on paper, on paper, you could make an argument like that. You could say we were spending too much time defending um, and, 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 and so we, we couldn't deliver the offense, but, but that didn't represent what happened that in that game. Not at all. It just, no. it's just not true. I mean, uh, in that interview also, he, he singled out uh, Felix Martineau as having a tremendous game. It's just a lie. On the it's an absolute bald face lie. Um, he yeah. was terrible. He was a minus three on the night. He, he looked way, he looked like, a mediocre ECHL forward. Um, and it was just silly. It, absolutely silly. And it's, and, and he had Martineau, Martineau had been called up uh, and he had Martineau second line center, second line center. So that's above like Michael Pozzetta. Um I mean, Thomas Ebbings even had more experience playing with the rocket and he was buried on, he was the fourth line. Um, and he was only or minus Odette one, by was the way. playing on the wing. He could have, he could have manned the second, um, yeah. uh, second line center. It, it, it's just, uh, you know, uh, he's, he, he says things that are, are kind of, uh, you know, out of the box kind of thinking he tries to pretend that, that he has this different view than anyone. Cause He's uh, the God King coach, and and uh, but it 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 just it, it's just he's being revealed as as his comment. I've I've never heard a quote like that by any coach at any level um, about um, that I played the position. I won't be fooled. Um, that's arrogant. It's egocentric. Um, it's 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 pathetic, actually. Um, that he would say something like that publicly or even say, saying it in the, uh, in the, the dressing room to, um, to his defenseman. And of course, then on who, Friday who have night, given uh, him, who have been the only solid part of his lineup all year long. Uh, yes. And particularly mostly because a lot of them are NHL defensemen. Um, and then Friday night comes, okay, so they, they, they lose that one by a narrow margin, three to two. And, of course, you hear the, all of the, uh, the defense, they, they responded really well. Um, and uh, they were much better tonight, looking much more like they normally do. You know, okay, yeah, because they were, they were the problem. It couldn't, it couldn't possibly have, to do any, have anything to do with the fact that you actually put two pucks into Cleveland's net that kind of helped a little bit as well. Kind of helps momentum, kind of helps with motivation, kind of helps with energy on the bench. But, hey, you know, at least the defensemen were doing their job. I'd like to mention, though, so Friday night, again, Amy's apoplectic. Uh, Felix Martineau, in a 3-2 to two loss, had three shots on goal and he was a plus one. Okay, fine. That's serviceable. Great. 
No, uh, no points, but three shots on goal and a plus one. Of the two shot, of the two goals that they scored that night. Oh, and I should also mention, um, he got second star for that. Felix Martineau was awarded the second star of the night for being a plus one with three shots on goal. The third star of the night was Alex Belzeal, who scored his 18th goal of the season. It was the first uh, goal of the game, just uh, about four minutes into the game. Great. You know who didn't get a star and who got no recognition whatsoever? The guy who scored their second goal. The guy who three weeks ago in Utica scored the only goal four minutes into the game with his laser shot from the point in which they lost to Utica, I think, five to one. Brett Lernout scored the second goal of Friday night's game, his fourth goal of the season, fourth goal of the season. We're talking, okay, so you want to talk about, oh, the defense needs to be better. Well, hi, Brett Lernout has scored two defenses, two goals in, your la- in, in the last few weeks. In fact, last year for the Laval Rocket, in 56 games that he played for the Laval Rocket last year, he had one goal and seven assists. This year, he's played 72 games with Laval, and he's got nine points on the season. He's got four goals and five assists. For a stay-at-home defenseman who is, is, not supposed to, is not supposed to be an offensive defenseman, that's pretty darn good. And he's constantly buried on the third pairing. Uh, in fact, the night that they were uh, playing with seven defensemen, or one of the nights that they played seven defensemen, he was the seventh defenseman. Um, and he gets no credit ever. Brett Lernout is having a, a quality season. He's working hard. He's doing everything that he's supposed to do, playing the game that Brett Lernout plays. And guess who's a healthy scratch tonight, Rick? Yeah, Brett Lernout. And the reason being is that uh, supposedly. Bouchard said he's going uh, with the younger players, the prospects. Um, and uh, so he can get the Sklenichkas and the Flurries and the Brooks in. Um, and, and that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. But um, Learnout is right in there. He's a prospect. He's a young guy. He's only a year older than uh, Sklenichka. Uh, well, what about Willette? What about LaMarche? What about Alsner? Uh, those three certainly aren't prospects at all. Um, and yet we, we don't see those folks out of the lineup too often. They, they, don't, they don't figure into the future of the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um, wh- wh- why are they in the lineup ahead of, of a Brett Lernout? Um, that certainly doesn't, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, and, it, and apparently it's, I don't know, send a message that you're not a part of the Montreal Canadiens future either. Because we'd like to see the young. Uh, let's add on top of that. You're sitting Brett Learnout tonight. And I don't know that he's arriving in time to play or not. But then today, after the news that Learnout is a healthy scratch tonight. They call up Ryan Culkin from the Maine Mariners in the ECHL. Oh, he's a defenseman, by the way. Why? Why do we need Ryan Culkin? Well, I think we've learned this year that the players that play um, and uh, the the choices that are made um, 
and I understand that, that coaches are loyal to certain players and they, and, and particularly players who are loyal to, to them, but one, it, it goes beyond loyalty in this uh, particular uh, situation. This coach um, is, is enamored with one quality um, that, um, that, that certain players give him and that's fealty. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, I suggest you look it up because that's that describes exactly what Joel Bouchard expects and rewards fealty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so you will uh, the, the 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 Rocket are in Bridgeport tonight, uh, and they're going to have a very. <laughs> I know we hear this all the time from the coach how young their lineup is. Well, he's going to have a young lineup tonight. He says that he wants to play the younger guys on defense. So Brett Lernout's taking a seat. He's going to watch from the press box tonight, completely undeservedly. Um, you know, he he also needs to be given the ice time to, you know, show that there's a reason for him to get uh, a contract again next year and, and, and ha- come in and have a good training camp and maybe even try to crack the roster uh, in the big club. Um, but the forwards are going to be pretty young too, because guess who we've added to Okay. Noah Julson is along on the trip. Um, however, Joel Bouchard has confirmed as of today that he will not play um, on the trip. So Noah Julson officially done for the season. Guess who else is done for the season? Jake Evans, Lucas Vedemo, Alexander Grenier, and Antoine Waked. Injury, 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 injury. Done for the season, not even on the trip. So the lineup's going to be very ECHL heavy tonight, methinks. Um, you know, that, that fantastic win that they had on Saturday night, good for him. Hayden Verbeek had a great game. Scored two goals in that game. Thomas Ebbing, good for him. Scored a goal um, in his in his first his first goal with the Rocket, obviously for this year. Um, Nikita Gevtlovs had a great game on Saturday night. He was actually first star. Uh, he was uh, had an assist, uh, plus one, and four shots on goal. Uh, Nikita Gevtlovs is a guy that's not getting a whole lot of attention, but he's been. Uh, progressively getting better throughout the season and and seems to take on respons- additional responsibility well. Happy to see that happening. And thankfully, uh, one of their PTOs that they signed, Philippe Houdon, who's a, who's a Concordia, uh, Concordia hockey player, um, he actually, uh, he was third star. He had an assist. He had a very nice setup um, on uh, Hayden Verbeek's first goal. Um, so, Hopefully, with, with the lineup they're going to have to ice tonight, hopefully they can find that 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 same magic uh, that they found on Saturday night. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, Rick. It's it's you know Bridgeport's not an easy team to play against. It's it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough uh, a little a tough three games on the the road to finish out the season, particularly uh, with all of the the promises that were made uh, and the expectations as high as they were uh, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, this season would be nothing like last season. And as far as the standings go, it's, it's exactly like last season. And as far as um, the development goes, it's lags far behind last season. So mm-hmm. um, 
it's 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 a, a tough way to to finish the the season for the Laval Rocket. But let me ask you this: weren't you know wasn't everybody so excited because uh, the likes of Caden Primo were coming to town, uh, and and a little excited to see uh, Samuel Oud get signed um, to I believe an ATO, uh, and and he was coming around for a little bit. That, that those were things to be excited about, right? Well, and as we've seen that that um, you know in in this case the Laval Rocket are playing uh, meaningless games because they've been eliminated from the playoffs, and as we've seen with the parent club, when they played a meaningless game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, an injection of of new blood um, of a young player of of uh, you know somebody from the NCAA, uh, Ryan Paling. Um, allowed them to speak very positively, have a, had a, a, an amazing um, uh, effect on the way the season ended and, and the way they, they head into the offseason. So um, I expect that, that uh, those players will do the same thing for the Rocket. Well, one would hope, um, except that they're not going to play. And in fact, they've both already gone back to their respective schools to finish their studies for the semester. The Caden Primo one is, is, is the most bizarre of all um, to me. It really is. Um, mainly because, um, you know, he signed his um, uh, entry level contract as did uh, Paling. Um, and uh, there was four very different reasons uh that that were given in 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 uh, succession um uh, of why he wouldn't be in the lineup um and and uh, like they were all very different the first one oh he's 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 tired he's he's really tired he needs his rest um then there was oh well we're we're not practicing and um and the other was well he and i think we talked about that um, last year, well, you know, he, he, he hasn't had time, Caden Primo being a goaltender, he hasn't had time to learn our system. He doesn't, uh, doesn't know our breakouts, doesn't, doesn't know the zone entries, doesn't know our power play scheme. Um, so, no, he won't be playing. And, and it went on and on and on. And, and the excuse for Samuel Ood was, uh, oh, he's got to rush back to school. Well, what would you sign him for in the first place? Um, and so that excuse seemed to work. Uh, so that that is what they finally landed on with respect to, to Primo. You got to go back to school, right? You got to go back to school. You got things to do. You, you got to clean your locker at school. You got to say mm-hmm. bye to your friends. You got. It was just, it was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre, disingenuous, yeah. and 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 silly. It was it was silly. And he was—he didn't arrive in Laval until Wednesday evening, I think, like a week after he had signed his his ELC. So he was there for all of, I don't know, four days, five days, and then went back to school. Okay, great. So he got in a couple of practices with Marco Marciano. That's great. Samuel Oud, as we mentioned before, okay, so he was there for a week, practiced, and then went back to school. The additionally bizarre thing about that, though, is like we can be excited for Samuel Oud to come play for the Laval next year, right? Like this is a good, you know, dip his toe in the water and 
right? Uh, no. No, he'll be back in the queue next year. Right. So pardon, I know this is, you know, this is allowable on radio. Why the hell was he there for a week? I, I, the last time I checked, the AHL was not a developmental league for the queue. Last time I checked. So I'm not quite sure what the purpose was in signing in an amateur tryout contract for a kid to come in and practice for a week and go back to school who isn't even – he's playing with Shakutami next year. I, yeah, bizarre. I, I, I don't, I'm just, it's, it makes me speechless. Um, I would like to say um, you, you uh, touched on this briefly, and I do just want to say uh, huge, huge, huge amount of pride from the entire Rocket Sports team for Ryan Paling's debut, NHL debut with the Habs. Um, what a night for him and his family. And in addition to that, same goes for Charlie Lindgren. Charlie Lindgren played the game that we have known for three years that Charlie Lindgren knows how to play. He battled in that crease. And to face Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and Kasperi Kapanen in the shootout and win the game for the – I just – Charlie Lindgren for president. I mean, what <laughs> – what a great game by both of those two young players. As you said, they injected some much-needed energy, and, and look at the result. Yeah, and um, in, in Charlie Lindgren's case, um, you know, he's, he, we, we, we thought he should be uh, the backup for, for Carey Price the entire season. Wasn't thrilled when Antti Niemi uh, was re-signed, uh, and that turned out to be a, a poor signing. Um, and I think the other reason why it was so um, amazing to see, listen, Charlie Lindgren battled. He was left all alone. He was, it was a high scoring game. It, there was no defense. He was not to blame on any of the goals. Uh, and he was superb in the shootout against some yeah. of the top oh. shooters in the league. Um, but it was his first game in the, in the NHL this season. And um uh, I think you know it goes back to uh, his his shutout at the United Center uh, on my birthday a while back, uh, where he proved to me that he was an NHL goaltender, and um, yeah. and again he reminded people and and some maybe for the first time that he's an NHL goaltender. I know there was a lot of the Montreal media that were uh, peddling the false false narrative that well he, he didn't have such a great season in Laval. Those those folks that haven't seen a rocket game all year. All they've done is, is tool over to the, the stats page and look at a goals against, well, we've talked about that and we've explained what, what was going on there. Um, but Charlie Lindgren uh, is every bit an NHL goaltender um, and, and showed it um, uh, on the Canadians final game of the season and, and um, reminded uh, those of us who said that uh, um, he should have been the backup um, all season that uh, we were right all along. Uh, yes, we were. And in fact, uh, coming out of that game, uh, our team had some really great um, compliments and, and feedback from uh, loyal followers on, on Twitter who were sure to tell the AHL report team, um, hey, you know what? You guys have been telling us about Ryan Paling and Charlie Lindgren for years. And 
every time these guys come and and play in the NHL, they are exactly as has been advertised with 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 you, um, with all with all of you on the team, and and that's the kind of information that people want. Um, it was just it was it was incredible to see, um, and well, and as you mentioned, you know we've talked plenty of times about how you can't just look at the stat sheet, particularly when it comes to Charlie Lindgren last year or this year, and how we have talked to him about that uh, in interviews numerous times. And you had pointed out in the post-game scrums in Montreal on Saturday night, he made sure to tell uh, to tell some reporters that to their face as they were kind of <laughs> alluding to the same thing of, oh, yeah, I haven't had that great of a season in Laval. And he was, he, yeah, you had mentioned he, that he... he yeah, he pushed back um, <laughs> kindly but firmly, and and the, you know, oh, I was looking at the question. Oh, I was looking at your stats from the AHL, and and um, uh, you didn't have a very good season. And and um, um, Charlie kind of started off saying, "Well, you can choose to interpret it that way." However. <laughs> <laughs> Because if he's nothing if he's not polite, but he'll put you in his place politely. <laughs> uh, yes. That is to be sure. Um, well, we will uh, we'll be keeping keeping you posted on um, how things go. Of course, as we said, uh, the Rocket play tonight in Bridgeport. Uh, hey, Felix Martineau will be the second line center again tonight because uh, the lineup just came out. So that'll be that'll be thrilling to watch. See how. See how well he does. <laughs> um, but we will have that coverage for you later tonight. And towards the end of the show, we'll let you know all of our coverage for this week at Rocket Sports Meter. Right now, however, we're going to take one quick break. Uh, don't you go anywhere. On the other side, we're going to talk about uh, the AHL Player of the Week, uh, Man of the Year nominees. And, hey, there is a winner for Mascot Madness. Who is it? We've got the answer for you right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Well, this week, Rick, I have to say the CCM AHL Player of the Week is not someone who the Laval Rocket has faced recently. Um but it is someone who's been making uh, an impact for their team. The Providence Bruins forward Paul Carey uh, gets the honors this week for scoring five goals and a total of eight points in just three games last week for the Bruins as uh, they were closing in on a Calder Cup playoff berth. So congratulations to Paul Carey. Congratulations. Um, 
also, I we had mentioned uh, in a previous episode uh, that the AHL was also uh, doing an Ephesius AHL Graduate of the Month, um, where they spotlight someone who's doing really well uh, in the NHL who who was a graduate of the AHL. And just wanted to mention that this month, the AHL Graduate of the Month is Ben Bishop uh, playing for the Dallas Stars. Um, in the month of March, Bishop was 7-1-0 and with a .88 goals against average and a 9.69 save percentage in nine appearances. Um, pretty impressive for Mr. Bishop uh, playing out there in Dallas, who have uh, really made a push there at the end of the season to, to make the playoffs, and uh, Ben Bishop was a big part of that. Oh, we'll see plenty of graduates, uh, AHL graduates, uh, as the playoffs get underway, um, particularly in St. Louis, uh, another graduate that's kind of changed the, the course of the, the Blues season. Um, oh, yeah. Mr. Bennington in net uh, will face the, mm-hmm. the powerful Winnipeg Jets with uh, Josh Morrissey back in the lineup. Well, and it's, you know, it's interesting. Bennington has been the key piece of the puzzle there um, and, and their run into the playoffs. In fact, some of his teammates, his veteran teammates are saying, you know, uh, the league really needs to take a serious look at him for the Calder. Um, he's just had that big of an effect as a rookie um, team. And we saw Jordan Bennington when he was still playing for uh, Providence. Uh, we saw him in the Calder cup playoffs last year and, and he did well. Um good goaltender, but man, what, a, what a year he's had. Um, and, and good on him, stick tap to him, uh, for putting together the season that he has in St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll, we'll see how he, um, the, the playoffs is a, is a whole different animal. Uh, we'll see what, how he, um, uh, he's a pretty cool customer, but, but, the the Winnipeg folks, uh, and their way yeah. out. Uh, that's a whole different <laughs> experience that uh, than he's ever had before. You wouldn't know anything about that, right? No, no. I may have participated <laughs> in one or two. <laughs> um, speaking of honors, uh, the 2018-19 AHL All Rookie Team has been named. Uh, and this is uh, these are. Six players, uh, a goaltender, two defensemen, and three forwards are who are voted by coaches, players, and media in each of the league's 31 cities. Um, and so we can say that the all-rookie team comes out this year as goaltender Shane Starrett from the Bakersfield Condors, defenseman Jake Bean from the Charlotte Checkers, defenseman Rich Reinke, Mitch Reinke from the San Antonio Rampage, uh, forward Alex Barry Boulet from the Syracuse Crunch, forward Drake Batherson from the Belleville Senators, and forward Tyler Benson from the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, and you want Pretty to find good. out a little about Tyler Benson and uh, the kind of season he's had leading the uh, leading the Bakersfield Condors uh, in scoring. Uh, you can head to AHL.Report, uh, Chris G's. Um, Take five actually expanded into a take six this week, um, looking at rocket news and uh, and also um, some AHL news and the the uh, the season for uh, Tyler Benson, Cooper Merity, and 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 others. Um, 
are uh, are there right for you to read. Excellent. Um, there were other uh, honors given out uh, this past week as well. Each team awarded uh, their American Specialty AHL Man of the Year uh, to um, one player from each team uh, for outstanding contributions to the local community and charitable organizations during the season. Um, so each team gets to select one person. Uh, the Laval Rocket uh, chose Alex Belzeal. This is his first time winning this award. Uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms chose Alex Lyon. Uh, it's the first time for him to win that award as well. Um, they now, uh, these finalists now go on um, to be contenders for the AHL's um, annual Man of the Year Award. One one of those players, one player will be selected for the Yannick Dupre Memorial Award, which is the Man of the Year Award for the AHL. Um, couple of names, Rick, that I that stand out to me on the list, however. Um, Keegan Lowe, playing for the Bakersfield Condors now. He was selected, uh, first time that he's, he's uh, received that honor. Zach Stortini from the Charlotte Checkers. The third time he's been awarded this <laughs> man of the year. A great, what a great team guy, Zach is. He, he is a brute on the ice. But everyone who knows him says off the ice, he is the greatest guy. And I think the fact that he's won this award three times uh, is a testament to that. Um, Chris Terry. And Keegan Keegan Lowe, who you mentioned, just tough as nails and a tough competitor, tough to play against. Um, uh, Just a a great guy. And and, uh, Laval misses him. Absolutely. Uh, Laval probably also misses Chris Terry. Uh, Grand Rapids Griffins selected him as their man of the year. That's the second time he's been awarded that honor. Um, There were a couple of other names that stuck out to me. Um, Bobby Farnham was the selector selection for the Springfield Thunderbirds. It's the first time that Bobby has been awarded that. Um, So congratulations to him. Matt Tarmina. Okay. Oh, another guy who is gritty and, and pesky as anything on the ice, but just super nice down the earth guy off the ice. Um, Stockton Heat awarded Matt Taramina man of the year for their team. It's the second time he's been. It's amazing how many how of many these former. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Funny how that works. So, yeah, that's what, at least five former, something like that. I mean, <laughs> That's pretty. So when you've got a fifth of the league winning the Man of the Year award, and they're all former Montreal Canadiens uh, prospects and 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 AHL players, that says something. I'm not sure that I'll say what, but it says something. <laughs> so congratulations to all of them, and good luck in their running for the uh, the Onik Dupree Memorial Award. Um, we should also mention. Mascot Madness. I finally did my homework this week. I was supposed to look to see who won last year, and I forgot it was Ringo from the Texas Stars who won like by a landslide last year, like thirty-three thousand votes or something. And the next, uh, the the person that came in second place had like thousand. Um, oh, I wasn't even well. close. It was yeah, it pretty much wasn't even close. So this year, I hope you got your votes in. You had 48 hours. You could vote up to 50 times. And I voted for Melvin 50 times. 
And Ringo and? won the damn thing again. Hmm. It could be due to the fact that the picture that they use, the promo picture that they use for Ringo, you know how all the mascots have T-shirt guns? Right. They fire off T-shirts into the crowd from the ice. Ringo's promo picture is him at a game, and he's got one of those big cannons, except his fires popcorn. Well, I'd vote for him. <laughs> you see? That's right. And it's great. Like, it's this, it's like, like Tommy gun. Like, it's just, it's just spitting like kernels of popcorn out all over everyone, which is pretty fun. Hmm. So, congratulations to Ringo. Melvin, I tried. Tried, Melvin. Didn't work again. Just didn't work. One more and thing. As, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go no. ahead. No, no you. I'm taking a drink of water, so go ahead. Okay. Um, one more thing, unless you also have something you want to get into this segment um, before we head to our next break. One more thing we want to touch on before we uh, head to the to the final break and wrap uh, final segment to wrap things up. Um, AHL attendance reports have started to come out this week, Rick, and um, there were some you you had you had brought this to my attention and and mentioned that there were some interesting numbers in the list of average uh, attendance for each of the thirty one AHL cities. Yeah, I think that um, um, it's it's always interesting because um, I, I think that that um, we see on social media that uh, non traditional hockey markets sometimes are given a hard time, or uh, particularly um, by some of uh, my fellow Canadians who who uh, don't necessarily understand or respect the. Uh, the hockey passions of of um, of our southern neighbors um, that uh, I, I expect that they would be surprised to know that the team that uh, led um, uh, the attendance figures uh, this season and they did last season as well uh, the San Diego Gulls um, top attendance in the AHL uh, again this wow. season. Uh, Hershey them. Bears, um, which uh, are second, which uh, doesn't really surprise me. Hershey is a is a great place to see a game. It's a great building. It's a great community, uh, and they are um, you know even more so than than um, uh, Washington Capitals fans. They are Hershey Bear fans. Utica is the same yeah. in that in that respect. Uh, right. They go to support the Hershey Bears. They came in second, 88-58 is their average attendance. Uh, Cleveland Monsters um, playing in that big mm. building. Um, they are are doing their best to fill it. Um, they're in third. Um, here's one that may surprise you because they didn't have a great season. Uh, that's the Ontario Reign. Um, fourth wow. in attendance. Yeah, fourth in attendance at uh, eighty three twenty five. Uh, and so number five, wait, so that's, uh, go ahead. That's two California teams in the top five. That's right. Um, and number five is the Grand Rapids uh, Griffins, uh, the Detroit um, Red Wings affiliate. Um, and they, um, again, over 8,000 a game, which is, is uh, pretty impressive 
um, uh, for for all of the uh, the top five. Absolutely. Um, uh, if we look, go ahead. I was just going to ask where where uh, like the Lehigh Valley Phantoms landed in that in that ranking. Lehigh Valley Phantoms are eighth. Um, uh, um, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms play in the PPL Center, one of the nicest buildings in in the AHL. Um, they're doing uh, pretty well. Um, Seventy six ninety three uh, average attendance this season. Um, the uh, Lavelle Rocket and Chris Chris G wrote about this in that aforementioned um, uh, take five that he wrote this week uh, about news. Um, this season they are thirteenth. Um, it has to be disappointing. Uh, Fifty five hundred is their average attendance. Uh, just thirteenth. Last year um, they're close to they're close to sixty seven hundred. Um, so 1100 and change, uh, drop per game down, uh, and down from not wow. from ninth to 13th this year. Um, and I know that, that, um, you know, one of the reasons, um, last year they, uh, they talked about the, the home, um, uh, losing, uh, the, the home winning, um, 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 issue, which, uh, the, the Laval was 10, 24 and, and three, I think last year, uh, this year they were above 500, eight, 18, 13 and three. Um, and yet that wasn't enough uh, as well as, 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 um, uh, their emphasis on, on the entertainment, uh, the opening of the new cocktail lounge, um, you know, uh, there, they thought that the, uh, the homegrown players, all of, of, uh, Joel Bouchard's, uh, recruits that he stocked the player. The team was heavily stocked with uh, Armada players. Uh, Joel Bouchard himself was supposed to be a, a recruitment tool uh, for attendance, and and none of that really panned out. The winning the um, uh, the lineup and and all of that. And I think I think possibly it's it's because of of uh, the lack of, of focus on development, uh, the lack of of uh, prospects and the, the seeing those prospects transition. And um, it was just, a, I, th- I think a mistake was made in terms of how they put the, how they assembled the team. And uh, let's hope that they've, uh, they've learned their lesson this year. Absolutely. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that they're going to take a hard look at that as well. As you said, you know, it, we it was understandable there's there's two things last year of course there was the excitement that it was their inaugural season um and so that's going to bring people to the rink but at the same time they only won 10 times at home last season so it was hard to keep the attention of fans um when you're when you're not winning most of the time this year that wasn't as much of a problem this particularly that december january run that they went on when they were winning at home just about every night um and and it was exciting hockey and Laval for, for a good six weeks or so um, to see that their average attendance is down that much. Um, something that they're going to have to take a look at and, and see what else they can do. Um, uh, you know, that's a, it's a serviceable amount of, of attendance every night, you know, in the, in the five thousands, um, but they could certainly do better than that. So uh, hopefully they're able to turn that around and, and find a way to get more people into the seats in Laval. 
for and sure. it all begins with the product on the ice. And, and it was a, 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 a rookie coach, uh, no pro experience, came chock full of ideas from junior hockey and I think realized, um, hopefully realized that uh, a lot of those things uh, don't tra- transition uh, all that well. And um, hopefully we'll make uh, different decisions next year. Yeah. I would agree with that. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take one last uh, quick break here. Just uh, one quick message for you before we come back. And we'll just uh, quickly go over the um, results of the draft lottery last night. Because, yes, that means, folks, that as, uh, you know, should mention, first of all, that just because this is the last week for the Laval Rockets hockey season and for the Lehigh, likely for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms as well, they're being, they're pretty close to being eliminated. Um, but that has not happened yet. Uh, that things are not done here at From the Press Box. We have plenty more coverage. In fact, as you remember last year, we went all through the summer with you. Um, so we've got, uh, we will have continued coverage of the Calder Cup playoffs, uh, live coverage in the rinks, those kinds of things. You'll want to stay tuned for that. Uh, now that the draft lottery has happened, we're going to start heating up the, the prospect talk. And, uh, you know, as we get into uh, draft season and free agency and those. So you certainly do not want to cross off Tuesdays um, on your podcast calendar. You're, you're going to still want to keep that appointment with us every Tuesday here at from the press box. Cause we've got tons more content coming your way um, just because regular season is winding down. Doesn't mean that we are going anywhere. Um, so the only place we are going to go, we're going to take one quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how things went for the draft lottery last night and then tell you what to expect from our coverage this week. So don't, go anywhere. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Uh, so, Rick, the draft lottery took place last night, and it's a, why is it always so nerve-wracking? I don't know why it is, but it's always nerve-wracking. Well, we, it, started, it started as frustrating um, because it wasn't, um, it wasn't draft coverage at all. Uh, wow. And, and then when they finally got around to it, um, then, then yes, yes, it was, uh, it was a little nerve wracking, a little exciting. Um, love to see those, those big jumps uh, when they happen. Oh and certainly goodness. it happened for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, no, absolutely. When, when that happened and then you thought, okay, well, Chicago's going to slot in, here or here. And then they just kept passing Chicago and it was like, Oh my gosh, where are they going to land? <laughs> it, was, it was so suspenseful. And Chicago jumped. Uh, well, I, I expect most people saw it, but jumped from 12 to three and, and uh, some other movement um, with uh, Colorado uh, moving out of the top spot all the way to fourth and, and then uh, the Rangers second and the devils uh, with the top spot. Uh, which, uh, of course, Taylor Hall is taking all the credit for. He said he's a good luck charm <laughs> with respect to draft lotteries. New Jersey's going to be uh, 
as you, I, I chatted with you a bit last night uh, after the lottery, and, and you had even said, wow, Taylor Hall, Nico Heeshear, and potentially Jack Hughes, if that's the route they decide to go. I mean, my goodness, is, is New Jersey getting stacked? Yeah, well, and, and um, you can speak to the, the Flyers, but the Canadians have nobody who touches those three uh, in terms of uh, prospects talent coming up. No, I, and I mean, the Flyers have, that's the one thing that Hextall did very well. He drafted well. He has stocked the farm well. The young guys that played in Philly this year um, did a serviceable job. There's a lot of upside there, but, you know, and, Nol- and Nolan Patrick, hasn't hit his stride yet um he'll get there but man new jersey whoo speaking though of um montreal and philadelphia i'm you know i just wanted to see philly get get the top 10 spot they were slated to to get the 10th pick and of course chicago had chicago had to go mess that up Chicago, who were the ones who beat us in the Stanley Cup final in 2010, but we're not still mad about that. Bump us out of the top, out of a top ten draft. I don't recall 2010 at all. That would be because we wiped the floor with the Canadians in the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. Yeah, another one of those Canadians missed that that uh, Yaroslav Halak did anything in 2010. He was terrible against the the Flyers. Absolutely terrible. What's what's the one thing you can always count them on regarding any Philadelphia Flyers team? What's the one thing you can always count on? Um, toughness, bluster. Um, goaltending's an issue, right? Oh, goaltending is absolutely an issue. So you put Yaroslav Halak against the Philadelphia Flyers, who is guaranteed to have goaltending issues in the Eastern Conference Final, and it wasn't even close, but okay. Tell me again, how great, how much he's, how much better than price he is, please. No, that was just, and we won't relitigate that, but that was just, um, it, it had nothing to do with Halak whatsoever. Um, he was giving up rebounds all over the place, which is why the, the, the opposition was generating so many shots. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were, the Canadians were in real trouble. Uh, Jacques Martin, his system was terrible. Um, and it was Kirk Muller that stepped in and said, um, Jacques, you want to give me a, a shot at this? Uh, can I, can I, can I put together a game plan? And Jacques was at wit's end said, sure. And Kirk Muller um, decided, okay, we're going to stack uh, five players like Cordwood um, in the net. <laughs> Um, well, well, Halak is giving up rebounds and we're not going to give up any goals and we're not going to play offense. The only offense we're going to get is on the power play, which was pretty decent Uh at that time. And that's how they, uh, that's how they, they moved along. And then they hit, uh, Philadelphia and Philadelphia shut down the power play. Um, and, and, and that was it. That was, that was the series. And Halak had a seven seven eighty something save percentage during that series and got pulled twice. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But I digress. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what they can do with the eleventh pick. Um, Montreal slated to go fifteenth, went fifteenth. Can I just say what? Poor Trevor Timmons sitting in the back row, like his chair looked like it was like off in a corner. 
somewhere. Like I, I was like, why does Trevor Simmons look so lonely back there in the corner? But <laughs> you know, fifteenth. So he can just stand in for for any of the the GM duties, as far as I'm concerned, um, permanently. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. So the Canadians get 15th. Is that decent? Is that serviceable? Is that like, eh? Uh, it depends. I mean, what they're looking for, uh, I expect Goring and there's, there's, um, there's some local names, of course, that, that um, no, you would, uh, you would expect people to be promoting. Uh, Joe Whalen um, messaged me. Uh, the, uh, you mentioned Joe earlier, our our uh, our host our, uh, of uh, Canadians Connection, and he was saying, "Hey, how about Cole Caulfield?" Um, and if you want, if you want offense, uh, Cole Caulfield, Caulfield is is not a bad way to go. We saw him um, a few times, and you know. If not for Sean Doogie, um, Cole Caulfield would be the, the <laughs> smallest player on the ice. Uh, that, that's maybe that's right. why Sean's kept around. But um, yeah, I mean, and 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 he, you know, how much was it uh, playing with Hughes? How much? Um, how much was it? He's he's obviously a, a, a you know a, an offensive talent. Um, shot um, his skating. He's very agile. He 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 can. He can move with the best of them, um, but the size—I mean, gen- generously, generously five seven one fifty-five—is um, <laughs> he going to be able? Is he the next Alex DeBrincat? Is he the next Johnny Gaudreau? Um, and uh, that's going to be the risk some general managers going to have to take. There's going to be those general managers that look at size and and they will take the risk in not taking him. Um, and then there's going to be the general manager that takes the risk in taking him. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it turns out, but yeah, there should be, there should be plenty there for um, the Canadians to take at 15. One thing I will say regarding the coverage that we all saw last night, um, coming from someone who has interviewed prospects at at 17 and 18 before they've been drafted, you know, hockey, Canada prospects, team Sweden prospects, USA hockey prospects. Can we not subject them to multiple national television interviews on the draft lottery night? (laughs) (laughs) Poor Jack Hughes could not have looked more uncomfortable with Catherine Tappan. Um, you could just see the you could see the nerves and and okay I understand the projected first overall pick um, okay bring him on bring him on for for an interview quickly once but I think they did like three different interviews with him and like what and and I'm sure and then you could see people oh he's you know a little nervous he seems a little awkward well keep in mind he's 17 he's 17 years old and and while these kids have started to get accustomed to doing press, it's nothing like being on, knowing that you're on, you know, the NHL network or you're being broadcast across Canada or on TSN or, or, or Sportsnet or whatever, um, that the entire hockey world is watching you. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Um, and even more so than the pressure, I think they put him in a no-win situation. I mean, they were saying things that, 
that aren't even true and asking him to respond you know, uh, Jack, you're going to find out the, the, the team who's going to pick you tonight. Well, well, no, not necessarily <laughs> just because New Jersey's picking first. There's no, I, I think, um, you know, uh, it's been different this year than, than other years. You look at um, the draft experts, Sam Costantino, and, and he's flipped, flipped back and forth between Hughes and, and, and Capocacco. And, and um, so it's not, it's not as straightforward and, and to have him there solely and to put that, those kind of, of, to frame him that way and, and then, and then to ask him those questions, I thought was a bit unfair. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's, it's okay to do one. And like I said, do one interview where you say, you know, you're projected to go number one overall. What does that feel like? What's going through your mind on draft lottery night? Um, and, and I, and I did appreciate even the question about your brother went through this last year. Quinn went through this last year. What kind of, you know, what kind of insight and support has he given you? And then end it at that. Like, <laughs> that's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. You have to remember these kids are kids at this age. They really, that at this level of their career, um, I'm not saying that you need to treat them with kid gloves, but you do have to approach press with them a little bit differently. But good luck to Jack. Good luck to Capocacco. Um, good luck to all the prospects. We'll have full coverage all summer long. You can count on that. Um, Rick, we will also have coverage this week of hockey. There's plenty of hockey coming. As we said, uh, the Laval Rocket is playing tonight. In fact, it's not going to be too long till puck drop. They're playing in Bridgeport tonight. And then they wrap up their season on the road uh, playing in Syracuse on Friday night and in Binghamton on Saturday night. Uh, we will be at both of those rinks for both of those games. So be sure to follow along with us at the AHL report uh, all week long so that you can get uh, some exclusive uh, post-game audio from players and coaches um, from our team. Um, and on the Lehigh Valley Phantom side of things, they have two games remaining um, one on the road, they play in Providence on Friday night against the Bruins, and then they finish up their season Saturday night in Lehigh Valley playing, uh, hosting the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, so lots of hockey still happening this week. And, and Lehigh Valley is not mathematically eliminated yet. I, I, it's, I doubt that it's going to happen, but they're still – you're saying there's still a chance. I guess somewhere, some way, mathematically, there is still a chance uh, because they are technically still in contention. Should be a good week. It should be a great week. And I won't, uh, we, we won't, uh, we'll just advise people to not take their snow tires off just yet, especially if you're going on the, the road for uh, a, um, a road trip to follow the AHL to Syracuse and Binghamton. Uh, uh, and w- if you are, um, uh, send us a message on social media and we'll be glad to come and say hi to you. Absolutely. We always love to see fans and followers out at ranks around the AHL. Um, as I said, be sure to follow along with us at the AHL report. You can find uh, Rick at all Habs on Twitter. You can find me at flyers rule. Uh, also be sure always head to uh, the website, ahl.report for all of our post game recaps, Uh, audio from interviews, video highlights, all of those types of things. We'll also have some exclusive videos uh, coming along this weekend that you won't want to miss out on. Um, 
And, of course, you can hit us up on our Facebook and Instagram pages as well for the AHL Report. Lots of ways. And, uh, Rick, if people are looking to uh, tell their friends about our podcast and our whole family of podcasts, there's a really easy way for them to do that, right? Easy. Um, your favorite uh, podcast app, uh, just search for Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Radio. And you'll find this podcast, the From the Press Box podcast on the AHL. You'll also get Canadians Connection, the live podcast that happens uh, about the Montreal Canadiens every uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, you'll get Have a Listen with Lewis and Gibby, and you'll get Habs Unfiltered with Matt Blaine and Trigg. Um, all four po- podcasts for free uh, just by searching for Rocket Sports Radio. Fantastic. We will be back here next Tuesday here at the AHL Report from the Press Box with all of this week's coverage. And uh, it'll be time next week to talk about the Calder Cup playoffs because we will know the matchups and we will know how this, uh, how the first series, the divisional semifinals, how how those series will match up and begin. So we will have lots to talk about next week. So be sure to come back and join us right here again on the AHL Report. Rick, thanks for for joining me again this week. I'll try to remember to go hug a farm farm animal today. Yep, do that. Uh, Thank you. See you on the road, and uh, (laughs) we'll see everyone else on social media. That sounds great. Enjoy your week, folks. Enjoy the hockey. We'll see you next week. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.